0: Go Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Myron. It's Halloween. It is. We are recording the day. on Halloween. You have a skeleton
1: on your lap, you have devil horns on your head. You are wearing a bitchin cape from Walgreens. From, apparently. I mean, good for you. I have a tiny hat on. It's great. I'm only am wearing this tiny hat because I've had a Halloween tragedy. Yes. So we finally settled on a family costume. We are as a family going to be key lime pie. Eric is a key. I am a lime. Philly is an actual key lime pie. My lime has up and gone. Ran away. It's a Halloween trick. Don't know what's happening. There's some scrambling going on in the background to try and, like, make it work. Hopefully it will. I was devastated in a way that I've, like, never been upset about Halloween before.
0: I mean... It's a key element. You're not the key, but you're a key element. It's the lime. And it was like a
1: funny lime wedge. I just liked the idea of like going about my daily business at work, like looking like a big lime. I was sad. I'm, I'm devastated. I'm hoping that we can figure it out. I also have like an adult costume. So speaking of. Yes. I need some wig tips. You know a thing or two. You know your way like, around I, a wig. I mean,
0: I don't know if I really know. I just put them on. Is that all I have to do? Would you like put my hair in a I would get too? a wig cap. Oh, I do have to get a wig cap. Okay, I recommend it. So it where, helps your wig stay on better. Where does one procure well as that? As well hides it. Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. Anywhere, um, any beauty store.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Do it. Should my hair be like in a ponytail? Like, should I pin it? I normally
0: do a low ponytail okay. and then kind of pin it up. Because mm-hmm. even if there's a little hump in the back, I don't personally care enough. Yeah. And my mm-hmm. my wigs are normally big. That doesn't matter. They're curly or something. Right. Um, but that's how I normally go about it.
1: Yeah, so we're going to this adult party after Halloween, and I'm going to be Axl Rose, and my wig is pretty legit. And I put it on, and I was very into it, but I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. The nice thing about the Axl Rose wig is that I then also have a bandana, mm-hmm. so I feel like that so sort covers of— covers the front. Yes, and it, like, secures it more to my head. Yeah. So I'm very— into it no that's fun um what are you fangirling over i mean it's your favorite day of the year so
0: it is one of my favorite days mm-hmm. i'm holding this full-size skeleton in my lap we'll You're see really, how long it lasts really committing to this bit that I no one it can see funny. but me
1: <laughs> it's a very funny but it's a podcast
0: <laughs> <laughs> no one can
1: see you <laughs> it's for you i appreciate that it's a halloween
0: treat thank you it's my treat um so last week, I fangirled over Dolly Parton's America. Yes. Mm-hmm. I listened to this week's episode. It gets into her Tennessee home and Dollywood. Oh, God. Very good. Uh-huh. Um, but specifically, they talk to someone who is a souvenir writer. And I did not know this was a career. Should I get into it? What does that but mean? Basically, uh, she was saying how this mass-produced like piece of garbage— becomes like so significant in someone's life. And I was like, wow. And like it's a memory that you can never get back, even if you go, it'll like this one dumb keychain or whatever will always remind you of this great day. Totally. Wow. Sold. It's a new job. I have had multiple
1: instances where so when I was a kid we went to Disneyland and in the 80s the big thing was that like hyper color like striped t-shirt at Disney. Okay. I and mean, I think we went to Disney World. You can find them on vintage. I will find a photo for you. But it was like pink, white, blue stripes and you see them very frequently now as kind of like retro, but it's always Mickey. No, no. I had a figment <gasps> one, and anytime I see anything that looks even vaguely like it, I get emotional. So I completely understand <laughs> yeah. this person being a souvenir writer. Because yes,
0: yeah. But again, listen to this podcast.
1: I know I haven't. Do you it yet. even
0: like Dolly, like a pinch? <laughs> Not like, you a will pinch like a pinch of Dolly. Not like a pinch of Dolly. How long are the episodes? I
1: don't know. Forty-five minutes. See, maybe? now my commute's so much shorter. I like don't have as much mm. car time. But I will commit to it. Yeah, um, I am fangirling over 911. We don't. We're not. We're no longer doing RIP, are the People versus Ryan Murphy podcast, but we're still watching the shows because yes. that's who we are. And I was really behind. I was like three or four episodes behind 911, and I was kind of like, eh, am I gonna give up on it? Oh no, no. I love it as I said to you way more than I should.
0: Yeah, sometimes I feel like I hate watch it, but I'm not hate watching it. No, exactly. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like I love it as much as I did. Uh huh. But that's because this season's not really giving me the crazy. No, but I mean, it's giving me crazy, but a different kind of crazy. Yeah, or soap opera crazy.
1: Yeah, we've had like much more character development that I don't mind, but it's like multiple episode arcs that I'm like, yeah, I don't need that. Yeah. You know what else I don't need? Ronda
0: Rousey. Yeah. It's weird. No.
1: I didn't know that she was like trying to be an actress and she's in this very They sort make of, her fight. Of course they you make don't. You don't have fight. to fight. That's, if I were Ronda Rousey and I would be like, hi, I'm trying to be an actress. No, I'm not going to fight. That would be like in my contract. Like, I know that's what everyone knows me from. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But your boy, Eddie. Whew. Still hot. Still hot. Although he's been doing something different to his hair, which I don't mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. that I'm here for. But every time I'm like, oh, yeah, I like this guy. I do not know what his name
0: is in real life. I
1: don't want to know. I don't either. I just want him. He is Eddie. (laughs) And then I texted you yesterday that I saw a hot firefighter. Because you saw not hot firefighters. I saw
0: 17 firefighters put out a fire in my neighborhood. Not one of them hot. I felt lied to. Yeah. But then I saw a hot one, so I felt redeemed. I've given this a lot of thought, your
1: neighborhood fire. I think it was a training exercise. Don't you think? But it.
0: I mean, did they turn it into a training exercise, you mean? It wasn't pr- a purposeful fire. No, I think it was a purposeful fire. No, it was started by, like, people living in a condemned building doing drugs or something. Making
1: it sound like you live in a really shitty neighborhood and you do
0: not. <laughs> um, okay. But then- those buildings are, like, boarded up and there were, like, squatters in them. Ah, okay. So that was the issue. Okay.
1: I was proven wrong. Um, but, yeah, there are a lot of attractive firefighters out there. Sometimes you see them. Sometimes you don't. I have
0: I am always looking though. You're just al-
1: because you always see them on 911. Yeah, look for them. They're there. Jennifer Love Hewitt doing her crying. That's it. That's really. i like I said, I've been trying to catch up on my network. I caught up. Mm-hmm. Um, also now, are you watching Modern
0: Love? No, not yet. I got Because I had to it. watch Moonlighting.
1: <laughs> yes, I mean I'll, we'll get into that as well. But I'm I'm dabbling. I'm trying to figure out what my next.
0: My next show is going today. Three episodes into Righteous Gemstones, mm. very fun.
1: Okay, all right, maybe that'll be, and I'll jump on. I'll jump on with you. Okay, okay. Moonlighting. I assume this is where you will now overlay the theme song. <laughs> oh,
0: if you want um,
1: it, great. you got it. Thank you. The theme song, actually a song, yeah, and por- performed by Al Jarreau. Al Jarreau. I was like, what? Why? How? There were so many things that I. In doing the research for this, was my mouth was wide open.
0: Yeah. For me, the theme song, I'm never that impressed by it. But then no. I start feeling it. Because it's a little too long. It's a little too long. So when I let it play, like my body gives into it. I'm like, yeah. Well, there's like a-, a minute where they don't
1: appear in the opening title credits and it's just it's like just the like, letters rearranging <laughs> and then and it's like over stock footage and then you start to get maddie and david it's like a very long song it's like two minutes i wonder if the intro will change in the future oh hmm, good to know mm. i'm really digging daily motion again don't understand the rules of it but i was like god bless this yeah very, very helpful, helpful. very very helpful so part of why we wanted to do moonlighting is because i have become very intrigued and quasi-obsessed with Sybil Shepherd. Yes.
0: So we're going to talk about her a little bit. The girls lived a life. I did none of this research. I'm very excited Are you for excited all for the information you're going to tell facts? me. Okay. Well, Sybil Shepherd
1: was born February 18th, 1950, mm, which makes her the exact same age as my mother, which is like very confusing to me. Okay. I was like, what? She is named after her grandfather and her dad. Her grandfather's name is Cy. Her dad's name is Bill. Whoa.
0: Right? And Sybil's not a made-up name. No. That's why I was like, wait, you could have just
1: named her that, but that's wow. where Sybil came from. So she won Miss Team Memphis uh, in 1966 okay. and then competed in the 1968 Model of the Year. So she was always gorgeous. Yes. Okay. Um, and so this launched her modeling career. Now, in 1970, so she, like, takes off very quickly. 1970, girl's 20. She's on the cover of Glamour. That glamour magazine is in all distributed magazine stands, Ralph's grocery stores, (laughs) etc. Who's shopping at Ralph's grocery store? But one Polly Platt, who is the wife of Peter Bogdanovich. Okay. She sees she and Peter shopping at Ralph's, she sees the glamour and says to him, That's your JC. He is trying to cast the role of JC mm-hmm. in the last picture show.
0: Man. Okay.
1: Peter Bogdanovich is like, you're right. Finds yeah. her. The hair. Casts her. First movie, first acting role, period. Someone's just like, oh, like, yeah, you're never cute. even
0: an acting class, nope. probably. Nothing.
1: And casts her. She gets nominated for a Golden Globe. Oh my God. Right? This for is my like dream. rising Star. Like I didn't have to work for it. And then <laughs> she breaks up Peter Bogdanovich's marriage. Oh, no. Oh, no, right? So they fall in love on the set of this movie. He's 11 years older than her. He gets divorced from Polly Platt. And then they are together for seven years. Wow. Right? They never get married, but they are, like, the hottest couple. They're in the tabloids, like, all these things, Mm -hmm. whatever. He's in. She's in a couple of other movies of his. She's also in Taxi. Like, things are happening for Sybil Shepard. 1978 comes. They break up. She calls her mother, like, destitute. She's like, I don't like where my life is going, all these things. Her mom's like, girl, come home. She goes back to Memphis. And at at the recommendation of her friend Orson Welles, she does local theater. He's like, you need to, you know, if you want to be this actress, you have to, like, build up your chops and do it out of the limelight of New York and L.A. So she's, like, doing regional theater in Tennessee and Virginia and all these places. And I was like, I'm sorry, Orson Welles is in this mix? He comes back he, later. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, he's he pops up later. He pops up later. Anyway, I have to have a quick sidebar about Peter Bogdanovich because okay. this is an insane story. I love
0: where this is going.
1: So he breaks up with Sybil Shepherd. He's, like,
0: dust. He's
1: very upset, you know, whatever. He rebounds. So Sybil Shepard's kind of like, associated with the rise of Peter Bogdanovich's career, like he was, she right. was his muse. Things have sort of tapered off and he falls in line with this woman. She's playmate of the year. Her name is Dorothy Stratton. She's 19. No. He's 40.
0: Nope.
1: Everyone is just like, no, like, like making fun of him. That's his new protege, whatever. And he's like, no, you're going to see. I'm going to put her in this movie, blah, blah, blah. Okay.
0: Things get I don't know where this is going. A little dicey, okay. So
1: she, Dorothy, um, had asked for a separation from her husband of one year, like after meeting Peter Bogdanovich. Like they clearly had chemistry, she was falling for him. She asks for a separation from her husband, Paul. Paul was the one actually who sent her photos to Playboy and like how she kind of like rose to fame. And the
0: spouses are doing the work here.
1: There's a lot of things going on. Anyway. After, like, all of this is happening, Paul, Dorothy's husband, after getting the, like, n- you know, request for a separation, mm-hmm. murders Dorothy. What? Kills himself. Oh, no. And so it's, like, this double, like, murder-suicide. And then, but Peter Bogdanovich is, like, ed- essentially editing the movie in real time. So this movie comes out posthumously for this woman, Dorothy. Peter Devo- Bogdanovich becomes a recluse. Like oh my God. I know. it was all this stuff, and I was like, wow, Sybil Shepherd's like on the edges of this. Like she's kind of causing him to like seek solace in this 19-year-old, and this 19-year-old gets murdered. And I was like, whoa, I was not ready for this level no, of this intensity. Is a, this
0: is a scary story for Halloween. It's a little scary. However, Peter Bogdanovich and Sybil
1: Shepherd are still friends. And he great. creeps up. He was in Moonlighting. He was in Sybil. Like, he's popped up from time to time. Weird.
0: A little weird, but also, like, kind of I great. mean, we could assume Orson Welles also would pop up and everything had he lived longer. Fair. So... When she goes back to Memphis, she does
1: get married to a man named David Ford. They have a daughter, Clementine. Great name. Great name. They're only together for a couple of years. Then she comes back to L.A. Later, she marries a man named Bruce Oppenheim. They have twins, Cyrus and Molly. Cyrus and Molly. Also pretty good names. Great names. Are born during moonlighting, and that's part we'll get to that later, probably, like the decline of moonlighting. Mm -hmm. Now, I was not prepared for this level of information, Sybil Shepherd dated Elvis.
0: What? Yes. Wait. <laughs> Hang so, on. So,
1: I know. I'm dropping bombs, and I'm going <laughs> to drop another bomb, one I'm not super comfortable with, but I'm going to drop it. Oh, my God. Okay. So, she, it was so great. She, I, like, watched an interview with her in Sway, by the way. Which MTV was, Sway? Yes, MTV Sway. And I was like, what is happening to my life? She... I guess it was just like Elvis's people called her up and were like, hey, do you want to go with Elvis? And she was like, yeah, okay." Okay. But Elvis has to call me directly. So he called her, invited her on a date. She took her best friend at the time because she was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think there were like weird rumors about Elvis. They They ended up dating for like a while. And in her book, there's a whole chapter about it's literally titled White Boys Don't Eat dot dot dot. And so they're hmm. having this whole conversation about she and Sway are having this whole conversation about, <laughs> about
0: how
1: about her and Elvis and oral sex and I was like I, this, I was not prepared for this. What was this interview for? It was promoting the client list with Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> Nothing makes sense. <laughs> it was just. It was too much. I didn't need, did I need to know that about Elvis? I don't yeah. know. I guess sure whatever. But then in 2000, after this sort of illustrious career, she writes the book Civil, Sybil Disobedience. Great title. Great title. Are you going to read it? Maybe. I mean, it made her over a million dollars. Like, girl has some stories. She's lived a life. She has been on TV, wow. movies. She has four Golden Globes, two for Moonlighting, two for Sybil. She has released six albums. Yes. Like singing? Singing. Okay. Um, she likes, like, a jazz I was going to guess. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, wow. And wow. when you look
0: at those old photos of her, you're just like... No, I literally have one saved to my work yeah. desktop right now. Just because it's so cool. She's wearing a suit and, like, a 70s tie. Yeah. Huh. So I'm even more intrigued
1: by her than I was before. And I think we'll talk about sort of, like... In the show and and season one, you know, what got us interested, too, was that all these rumors that they hated each other, Sybil and Bruce Willis. Mm -hmm. You really start to understand why. But I will say she did participate in his roast in 2018. Yes, I did watch that. I watched it. And they are clearly very, like, chummy. Yes. Like, loving. Her southern accent in that roast was real palpable. Was not ready for that either.
0: I tried... To not read too much into the decline of Moonlight, yeah, me too. Because Mm -hmm. I'm trying to live in this positive era of the show. Yeah, like everything's great, everything's good. Yeah. So great job on your Sybil backstory. Thank you. I wish you had a poster board. (laughs) You should have used the trifold. I should have used the trifold for the murder, (laughs) for the cheating, the babies.
1: Oh, she both all those babies were born out of wedlock. I think she got like knocked up and then got married. Cool. Girls lived. I was very into everything she was offering um, Yeah, and a but, lot of looks. So
0: is Moonlighting and probably then Sybil, are those, like, what she's known for the most? Or yeah. is it The Last Picture Show, what she's best known for? Well, I mean... It's a great question. I maybe mean, it depends be, on when you grew up, because when yes. I think Sybil, I think the show Sybil. Yeah.
1: I mean, Taxi Driver, for sure um the last picture show oh also she has played martha stewart in two separate martha stewart tv movies what yes. i have to watch <laughs> yes. those i'm so sorry i forgot to drop that bomb. like
0: lifetime like going to prison martha yes wow wow, wow 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 yes
1: that's how we've round this out as we watch sybil Shepherd's martha stewart movies um but yeah i think probably moonlighting and sybil i think she's probably ultimately known more for her tv than her movie work Ultimately, but again, if you're like my mom, maybe you th- think of her more in the movie capacity because you were exactly the same age, yeah. And kind of like they were tabloid stars, her and Peter Bogdanovich, like all of that stuff. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think about her on TV.
0: Yeah. Moonlighting, Moonlighting season one, very easy to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, short like, seven episodes. We should always have seasons like this. Mm-hmm. I know in the future it gets longer, but I felt like it was a perfect season. <laughs> Okay. It's only 66 episodes. Oh, for the course of what? Five seasons? Yes. So it's an ABC show. There's reason show. for that, too. Yes, there is reason. <laughs> uh-huh. ABC show, Tuesday nights. Um, it was kind of different for the time. I, there was like this show and two other shows. I don't know what they are, but these were owned and produced in house by ABC. Right. Which is one shocking, but two, I mean, that's
1: what almost everything is now. And the reason why they do that is because they don't have to pay the licensing fees mm-hmm. to sell it Correct. to someone else. But it ultimately gave the show producer, the creator, Glenn Gordon Karen, a lot of creative freedom because they weren't wasting money in the licensing. Yeah. Which becomes a problem. <laughs> a big problem? A very big problem.
0: Uh, this is also known, we mentioned it last week, as the first big dramedy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was inspired by Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew. Mm. Did you know that? I did not, but that makes sense. And they actually end up doing a parody of it in, like, season three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, our main characters, Maddie Hayes and David Addison, are mm-hmm. two beloved detectives. Yep. And then we get Agnes Depesto, who's the number one supporting character of the show. Love her. I thought, so, in the first... Or second episode, she does this very long rhyme yeah. when she answers the phone. I thought, I'm going to memorize this and impress everyone on the podcast. <laughs> but then I realized this is part of her character. That's her bit. Every rhyme is different. Mm-hmm. So what's the point? I don't know.
1: I mean, she does it every time she answers the phone. Yeah,
0: and just at other times, yeah. not on the phone. Yeah,
1: she's a rhymer. That's her I, thing. I like it. I do too. I like it. As a child, I remember really liking Agnes. Um, So... He, he being Glenn Gordon Karen, was like mentally casting Sybil. While writing the pilot, he also came from Remington Steel. Yes, um, and Remington Steel at the time was Pierce Brosnan. It was so weird to think about mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan being on TV. I think
0: they even mention it in Moonlighting at some they point. They um,
1: um. And they went to you know sort of pitch the idea, and the ABC was basically like, "Yeah, we don't care. Just make it a detective show.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever you do, just it's got to be about detectives." He wanted her because he wanted someone the public was kind of rooting against. Mm-hmm. So I guess because of the tabloids and stuff, I think so. But yeah. I don't know. I don't feel—it's very hard to root against her watching this show, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: He and so he said that he wanted someone that the public saw as spoiled and bratty. And yeah. she does—she talks about, in a lot of the research I saw, that she does have this negative reputation. And I think some of it was from before, probably because she, like, maybe—people perceived that she broke up a marriage.
0: Then yeah. And she
1: was, you know, living in sin with Peter Bogdanovich and— and now sort of her reputation coming out of Moonlighting.
0: Yeah. Now, Bruce Willis, on the other hand... Unbelievable. One TV credit before this... What? Crazy. ...played Tony Amato in one episode of Miami Vice. He showed up, like, with crazy punk hair, kind of kept to himself, but got the job. Came out of nowhere. Unbelievable. This, this man, this, this Bruce Willis... This Bruce Willis... Who are you? Character. So, now, because they have
1: all of this freedom creatively um the tone was essentially just like left up to the production staff and so it's like every netflix
0: show that's made today absolutely do what you want
1: do what you want and so there's all obviously like you know it's the dramedy it's very fast-paced they were like breaking the
0: fourth wall they were making references to the writers to their real life every article i read was like they're really they're known for breaking the fourth wall did it even happen in season? I don't one? think it did. I did not notice it at all. If it did, they make a lot of sort of pop culture references. Yeah. Honestly, between the fast-paced talking and references, very Gilmore Girls.
1: A little, yeah. That's an excellent reference. Yeah, um, <laughs> didn't even think about it, but yes. Um, but it because it was in this like totally unusual. Categorization, or it was like sort of breaking new ground for the first time in the fifty-year history of the Directors Guild. It got nominated for Best Drama and Best Comedy in the same yeah. year, in eight, both eighty-five and eighty-six. And I was just like, "Whoa, what a time!" Everyone didn't know what to like do with, you know, what to do with this show. But so okay, just for a little, the average comedy script, I think now. Comes in at like twenty nine to thirty one yeah. pages, something it's not like that. Super long. No, and that's twenty two minutes. You know, think about when it was the like scripts for the show out
0: of control. A, a normal drama is sixty pages. This was like a hundred, yes. and and then like they spent so much money; it was like a million dollars. I can't. Also, This show stresses me out. They normally it normally
1: takes like seven days to shoot a show. Yeah. These it took them like two weeks. Two weeks to film an episode. So now here's where you start to understand why there was probably a lot of tension on, this, on the on set. Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd were in every single scene of a hundred pages of dialogue every single <sighs> week. So you, in order to do that, there's no you have to be working fifteen hours a day. Mm-hmm. And essentially, what it sounds like is mr karen glenn karen was giving them dialogue like day of it kind of sounds like a shit show basically and so they're like scrambling they're learning on the fly you you know the show is known for their rapport and there's just such an intense like demand on their time to carry this show and you're saying 47 like words a minute yeah this also explains
0: pressure. why, in the pilot, her hair looked so different in every scene. They just, like, keep going. They get tired. They <laughs> just keep They going. can't keep up. So the other
1: thing is, too, because the show, like, was taking so long, the budgets were going over, they frequently missed their deadlines. And so the show kind of became famous for the fact that, like— All of a sudden there'd be a rerun when there wasn't supposed to be a rerun because they didn't get the episode Yeah,
0: I even read that ABC did an ad for Moonlighting and it was like a person looking at their watch and like waiting for an episode to be ready because it was taking so long. Also, when you go back and look at the
1: episode orders... They didn't actually get episode orders for 18 episodes. That's just all they got done. Because the absolute standard in the 80s for episode orders was 22 episodes. Everyone had 22 episode orders. And they were literally like 16, 18. Like, they never – like, that's preposterous to me. Like, I cannot believe that that was even allowed to happen Mm -hmm. and that they let them go for this along
0: especially first season. Yes, like it was just like, oh because sorry. Because you don't know if it's a hit or not. No.
1: And they're just like, yeah, the fact that ABC even renewed them, they must have been costing the studio so much money, but they must have been saving enough when the licensing deals that they were like, okay. Yeah. It's cra- it's crazy if you know anything about the industry that it's just like, nope. Like we're going to do a clip show this week cuz we couldn't get it done.
0: I was like, "Oh my god." I would I would be so stressed on that set. Um all the gray hairs. So many gray hairs. So just some, like, stray
1: learnings from the first season. First of all, did you notice Tim Robbins in episode three? No. He was, like, one of the hitmen that tried to kill that guy. It that sounds like every episode. It was a, I know. It was a baby <laughs> Tim
0: Robbins, and I was like, oh, like, um, right away. I, one of my stray thoughts, every man in a suit that's not Bruce Willis is bad. <laughs> that's true. Literally every man. Very true. Um, I also liked how every episode has, like, the
1: title of the episode overlaid on it, mm-hmm. and I forgot that that was a thing that we did. Yeah. <laughs> like, people really cared about what the episode name was.
0: I felt like every episode was very engaging, even though I knew, like, who done it. Mm-hmm. It was kind of predictable, but I was yeah. still very on board. And every episode also started out, like, I can't believe we don't have a case yet, or we need a case to keep this business open. Yeah. And then they get one. Yeah. But... How is this still a business? I don't well, understand the business. I don't even know what it's called. Well, this of is Blue moonlighting. It's called yeah, it's called Blue Moon Detection Thank you. Detective Agency, but my thought was
1: so, you know, in the pilot, we learned that there were all these essentially like shell corporations yes. that she had that she invested in, but their their intention was to be loss leaders, where they were supposed to make money that then she could like use for write-offs at tax purposes. So my thought was, there are like eight people that work at the Blue Moon Detective Agency. Did they just come to work every day knowing that they didn't have to do anything? I think so. And like, where did Bruce Willis come from? You know what I mean? Like, how did they even find him in the first place? Like, yeah,
0: <laughs> that was my. And who explained this to and them? And no one's... There's no one at the desk job in the lobby, like, trying to get them cases. Because they just seem to be waiting on the cases at the beginning of every episode. Yes, for them to... For people to I was call. very into... There's one episode... I think maybe next week we'll talk about favorite episodes. Okay. But the radio guy... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. got murdered. Mm-hmm. Was very into that episode. Yeah. And the train car episode. Uh, fun fact, um, DePesto's real-life husband was Vincent... What's his face? Schiavelli. Schiavelli. He he's, was in Ghost. Yeah. A lot yeah. of things. But he's he, in that
1: episode. You for sure have to Google Vincent Schiavelli, but you absolutely know who he is. Yes. <laughs> Once you look him up, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy. Um, I
0: just appreciated her clothing oh very inspired yeah by maddie overall a lot of like peep toe heels with a nude tight there was one moment that was like an 80s bun with she's holding champagne and very soft lighting Mm -hmm. there's a reason for that soft lighting i forget what it is there is a hot reason because i thought this is a choice yeah but I well, think it was just supposed to look like an old movie. Yeah, their director of photography
1: actually was a second generation cinema, cinematographer. And his he like learned the business by being a cameraman on things like My Fair Lady and like <laughs> iconic movies. And it was no all big deal. It was all a choice. I think it yeah. was supposed to be a little bit like film noir. So glamorous. Yeah, but then people gave Sybil Shepherd shit for it because they thought she had demanded it as like a way oh. to try and like I thought you were
0: gonna say because of the furs. A, a lot, lot, of fur coats. lot of fur. A lot of fur.
1: It's also it also makes me realize I don't understand how money worked in the eighties. Because they'll be like, we'll do this for ten thousand dollars and then that seems like a lot of money to them. And I'm like, Is it? I don't know. I don't I think it is. I think it is, but I just like don't understand. Maddie
0: overall though, an inspiration. (laughs) A couple quotes that I took away. I don't need tissues, I use handkerchiefs. Mm -hmm. Love that. Yeah. And you know I have to be home alone in bed by nine thirty. Yeah. Yeah. That could be your mantra. It's like a Mary-Kate and Ashley will solve any crime by dinner time. (laughs) By dinner time. Yes.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Do your work. Go to bed. Do your work. Go to bed. I found a website that just had all the Easter eggs from Moonlighting. Ooh. I know. I really appreciated it. So the season one, there's a couple that I thought were interesting. In the pilot episode... um, David orders Maddie a drink to take the edge off, and he orders her a kamikaze, which I remember being like, that's an aggressive, just casual yes. drink to order, but I guess it was a salute to the, like, Manhattan clubs that Bruce Willis was a bartender at, and I was like, oh, okay. Okay, nobody cares. Yeah. Um, also, in Gunfight at the OK Corral, this is the one where, like, the hitmen are trying to kill each other. Um David Addison, the whole time, is like coming up with new TV show ideas. And it's like bus stop, parking lot, like, and he's singing the songs, theme songs to those potential shows to the tune of Love Boat. And Mm -hmm. I guess it was like a little bit of shade at Aaron Spelling because all other programming on ABC at the time was Aaron Spelling content. And they were like, can't you make this more
0: Aaron Spelling like? And they're like, no, this is our show.
1: Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else.
0: Oh, uh, one moment that really stood out to me. So there's a plot twist and a woman has a laser gun. She lights a cigarette with the laser gun. Yeah. And the effects are amazing. <laughs> really good that 1985. 1985. Yeah. <laughs> if you were watching Trickery. this, it's 1985. You're watching this for the first time. Would you just be like, this is my favorite show? Yes, I want to watch more.
1: Yeah. I think I'm I'm very intrigued by their, like, love-hate dynamic because it's, like, second to second where you're, like, do they hate each other? Do they love each other? What's happening? Yeah. Like, it keeps you – it kept me going. I was like, oh,
0: okay. Yeah. I agree. I,
1: I think I would like it. Because I
0: like how they fight and then some Maddie will realize something about the case and then she's back in, you know. Well, and if you think about this in contrast to, like, other shows that were on in the 80s. Yeah. It had to have
1: just looked so different been so different like yes i think you could say it's maybe a, you know a rip-off of like remington steel or other like boy girl detective yeah, shows but no
0: one talks about remington steel no
1: not like this because it's just it's all about their chemistry so i think that is just like so palpable um yeah i don't know oh also i learned that bruce willis hated her hair what <laughs> he it's so good hated her hairstyle you know what happened? Time.
0: He said that and then he lost his hair. <laughs> I mean, he might have shaved it, it, it but in my him. mind.
1: Him hating he'd... Sybil Shepard's hair is why Bruce Willis lost it. Yes. <laughs> I love thinking that that's the thing. Um, but they actually, in that same episode, they reference it. And then he's like, you're going to blow it for Miss Congeniality. And she won Miss Congeniality at, the, at her model of the year uh, competition. So it's a little dig on her. A lot of, like, subtle digs. A lot of personal digs. A lot of personal digs that, like, this was pre-internet, so you had no way to, like, verify anything. Bruce Willis
0: did sing a couple times. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's just casually singing, but it felt like he was trying too hard Mm -hmm. to showcase his musical talents. Yeah, I'm sure the harmonica will pop up again later somewhere. Let's hope. So there's an episode in season three, one, where Orson Welles pops up. Yeah. But two, it's one of, like, the best episodes of Moonlighting, supposedly. It's the black and white one. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like in Time Magazine's 100 Greatest Episodes of All yeah. Time. Mm-hmm. Very excited to watch and talk about this. So I think what we should watch for next week are
1: the black and white episode, the musical episode. Oh, the wow. The Shakespeare one where the entire dialogue is in iambic pentameter. Not <laughs> iambic pentameter. I'm not iambic I'm going to say that now. Um, there's like four or five that are sort of known universally and then we have to watch the one the one the one the one um so yeah i think we'll probably watch like the top moonlighting episodes that people talk
0: about a lot of moonlighting clips on youtube people low-key love this show yeah but no one i don't hear anyone talk about it like well it's until we bring it up but it's because you can't watch it maybe like where are the people where abc hello release
1: this from your vault people want it hulu put it on disney (laughs) plus yeah do whatever (laughs) Please put Moonlighting on Disney+. Plus. I don't see why not. Why not? Yeah. People it's in the vault it. somewhere. It's 100% in that vault. We will find these episodes. Maybe we bring it back. Yeah. That's our, our new goal. Yeah. All
0: right. That's all I have. All right. You and your child, Skeleton. My Skeleton made it the entire episode. He didn't even oh, make I a left. noise. Well, he was dead. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point okay if you guys watch 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 with us find it on daily motion yeah it's pretty it's free. easy it's free it's very easy there's no like weirdness to it there's no yeah
0: whoever uploaded it did a great job it's
1: on moonlighting tv on daily motion <laughs> <laughs> so i was like perfect thank you to this other person who loves moonlighting as much as we do Send us an email. Find us on social. Show us your Halloween costume. Oh, please show us your Halloween costumes. Especially Pre- if they're TV related. Took the words right out of my yep. mouth. All right, guys. So until next Friday. Bye. bye.